And welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show. You're listening to Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, your original travel enthusiast. And uh, we're having a great conversation with Fred Reed, former CEO of Virgin America. And Fred, I, I'm just curious, you know, you, I mentioned your stellar airline career earlier. How did you get your start? Was it um, was it family influences or just your 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 wanderlust, your passion for wanderlust? Well, I, I did grow up in an airline family, so you can call it family influence or you can call it a genetic defect. <laughs> but uh, my dad was with uh, was 33 years with TWA, of which nine years he was on loan from TWA to Ethiopian Airlines. So I grew up in the wilds of East Africa in, uh, in, 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 in the 50s. Uh, and from that moment on, uh, we traveled all of our lives as a family, and then my brother and I, and uh, that's really kind of where it got started, and I just continued uh, with my first stint uh, with Pan Am in the, in the 1970s. Now, you've spent a lot of time living abroad, Fred. Uh, it's, I, I know it's shaped your personal and professional life. Uh, you spent time with Lufthansa German Airlines. How was that experience living abroad shaped who uh, you are today and those early influences on 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 some of the things that you've done well it 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 really has had an enormous influence on my life i think uh experiencing the diversity of so many cultures uh really appreciating the values of different societies uh uh, learning a couple of languages on the way, uh, learning what it is like to be a minority and, and in, in a country is very, very important. Uh, and all of those things have really uh, opened me up to what I think is a, a sense of tolerance and a sense of open-mindedness uh, by seeing so many models of, of human integrity around the world in different societies. Oh, that is such a beautiful statement. And honestly, you know, when Ian and I started this show, we started with a mission of, and our sole mission is really uh, to encourage cross-cultural understanding, to encourage travel. You know, our mantra is celebrating life through travel because that's how we see uh, travel. And you've truly uh, had a very blessed and, and full, rich, rich life. And we'd like to live somewhat vicariously through you, too. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And mutual, I assure you. <laughs> now, when you you launched uh, Virgin America with uh, Sir Richard Branson, you're really overcoming a ton of hurdles along the way. We you know we heard about it in the news and read about it in the in the paper. Why was it so hard, from your perspective, to get this airline launched? Um, and and what really attracted you to to Richard Branson? Well, I'll start with the second part. I've known uh, Sir Richard for about 15 years, and we had a couple of social contacts and a couple of informal airline discussions when I was both at Lufthansa and uh, Delta. In fact, uh, when I was at Delta, we ultimately got a uh, uh, frequent flyer arrangement going with Virgin Atlantic, and uh, Richard asked me in 2004 if I was uh, interested in starting a domestic airline, to which I replied yes, but you do have to understand that you know you, the, the laws here will require uh, a true minority participation, which he fully understood. I mean, he does his homework. So um, uh, that's really how it got started. And uh, the reason it was so hard to get off the ground was, was a couple. First of all, there's a lot of politics involved in, uh, in the matter of foreign investment in, uh, uh, in airlines, in U.S. airlines. It's just I think it's unfortunate, I think it's outdated, but it is a fact of life. So there's an unbelievable amount of scrutiny and a certain amount of uh, res- 
resistance politics, if you will, toward foreign investment of any kind, uh, which is very different from most other industries where free flow of capital ultimately uh, brings shareholder value and benefit to consumers. That's one thing. And the other thing, of course, is that uh, the incumbent legacy carriers were not interested in, 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 in new competition and uh, put up a pretty good fight. Uh, ultimately, the Department of Transportation made the right decision, which was and is to promote competition and provide consumer choice. And the right thing happened, and I'm happy about that. Now, one of the things with the airline industry, you know, particularly the legacy carriers, they have engaged in uh, cost cutting, often at the expense of, of service in the minds of uh, traveling public. When we examine a lot of the airlines abroad and, and, and we think of some of the five-star carriers, a lot of those rated by SkyTrack, uh, very profitable carriers offering a high level of service, do you think that service and innovation can be a pathway back to profitability for carriers, particularly in the United States? Well, I think it can, uh, and it should, but I'm, I'm afraid they have bigger fish to fry right now, which is uh, outdated IT systems and fleet complexity and aging aircraft. Uh, there's really some stresses on the balance sheet of, of these carriers, and I know that topic all too well. <laughs> so unless those, some of those fundamental issues can be addressed, I'm not sure that they can uh, concentrate or even afford to go to service innovation. Uh, I think Virgin America is a good example of where you can take a low-cost, low-fare product with the right amount of, uh, of partnerships and uh, the in-flight entertainment and the interactive nature of it and the coming uh, broadband services are indicative of, of what I think is to come with more carriers, but you pretty much have to start with a clean slate to get to that. One of the things I know uh, we we had a chance to share with you when when we met you in Whistler last year when you were talking about uh, the service innovations on Virgin America in terms of the uh, in-cabin comforts, uh, the mood lighting to the music, uh, to all of those things. These are these are things we have not seen from other carriers. These are these are real innovations that seem to be making a difference in building uh a loyalty with uh, with uh, with uh, the passengers or uh, the customers, the clients of Virgin America. Yeah, sorry. What was the, was there a question there? Yeah, or? I was I was just saying a lot of those innovations that uh, Virgin America has undertaken with respect to the cabin comforts really seem to be received well by by the flying public, and it and it really is building a strong link with the carrier. Well, yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not just my opinion, having been the so-called uh, original or the, or the initial author of the product. Uh, the Zagat survey, you know, with over 9,000 respondents, uh, rated the airline number one in first class in the country last fall in less than 100 days of operation and number two overall. And the only one that, that beat Virgin America was uh, Midwest, uh, which, which is a good but very small carrier uh, mm-hmm. in the Midwest. So... I felt very gratified that uh, uh, the Virgin America formula, which really focuses not just on seat comfort and entertainment and interactivity, but on ease of use of the website and, and just kind, wonderful human care, uh, is the formula that the traveling public is looking for and the formula that they deserve. 
Now, Fred, I'm just curious. Do you do you see yourself running an airline again? Uh, I know David Nielsen, uh, founder of uh, JetBlue, is uh, has recently announced plans to launch a low co- cost carrier in Brazil. Do you see a role for yourself in that type of uh, uh, format? Well, that makes me think of the TV show. I think it was called "Please Shoot Me." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I, I have no plans to start another airline right now. Uh, I know David very well. I, I have enormous respect for him, and, and he has he has a lot of roots and ties to Brazil. Knows the market very well, and I think he'll have another success on his hands. The answer to your question for me is. Uh, stay tuned. There's nothing in the oven right now, and I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm now speaking from my farm in Sonoma County in Northern <laughs> California, so I've got a, a, a conflict here, which is the beauty of nature uh, besides the beauty of airline startups. <laughs> well, we may have to have uh, you and Ian chat. You know, he uh, he actually wrote a business plan for for an airline a while ago, and uh, I, I know that's one of his secret passions. Although after it's speaking, not a secret to, anymore. Well, I guess not. <laughs> I guess after speaking to you, uh, he may he may be having second thoughts about I'm this. I'm actually trying to find my way into profitable businesses, so <laughs> you know. But uh, in any way, Fred, uh, we know you're an adventure traveler of sorts. Uh, have you done any adventures that would even make uh, Sir Richard say wow? Uh. <laughs> well, you know, I really have to. Uh, th- that's a really, really tough comparison because he's got a lot of wows going yeah. there. I've, I've done some some real fun stuff, uh, uh, flying around in, in, in bush planes uh, through the wilds of Africa as a child, and open cockpits was one of them. I remember I hiked over the Rotan Pass from the Kulu Valley into the Lahal and Spiti Valleys in the Indian Himalayas wearing only sandals. Well, I had some other clothes on, but <laughs> my, footwear was, my footwear was sandals in the early 70s. And, and I used, when I got tired, I used to hitchhike uh, on the Army trucks. That was pretty cool and, and, and camped with the Army because in those days there was all this tension uh, with China near the border. And then I guess the crowning one might have been... Uh, my coming in second place in the World Elephant Polo Championship <laughs> in Nepal in the mid-'80s. Uh, there is actually a league of, 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 of polo teams that plays world champions uh, polo mounted on elephants and um, uh, managed to come in second out of about 16 teams, and that's really an adventurous game because... Uh, the elephants can really run fast, but they also have minds of their own. Oh, my. I, 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 w- I would have loved to see that. <laughs> Maybe when we get to Nepal. Now, out of all your travels, do you have a favorite, or is there, is there a favorite place you have now um, that, uh, that you love to take your family to, or anything well, memorable? Well, we, my, my, my three sons and I are all snowboarders, and we like the mountains, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I went to the Purcells in Western Canada and did some helicopter snowboarding this winter. That was amazing. Uh, we like Tahoe and Colorado. Uh, as far as countries and cities, uh, you know, I love India. I love France and Italy. Um, there's so much to be seen around the world, and anything to do with an ocean, uh, I'm in. Oh, amen. So, Are so you? I'm, 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 I'm a big ocean guy too. Unfortunately, there's a lot of beaches around the world, so. That uh, those are kind of the highlights. Are you a diver too, Fred? I am. I dive infrequently, but I have. I'm, I prefer surfing. Um, I'm not very good, but I've been on and off for 40 years, so that's not uh, n- not too bad. Oh well, we'll have to have another conversation about that. I, I'm actually certified and haven't done it in a few years, and I think 
I think my husband owes me a trip. Uh, it, it, it sounds like you're going to call call that one in. <laughs> but uh, in any event, Fred, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, as as we close out here, just uh, just some thoughts on 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 uh, where where you think things are headed, particularly with the airline industry. We've been hearing talks of mergers, but now uh, with oil being so high, it appears as though some of those deals have been. Pushed aside. Do you expect to see consolidation, and what that impact is probably going to be for the consumer looking ahead? Well, I think that I think there is going to be some consolidation of some sort in the future. I don't know when. I also think that um, uh, some shrinkage of the overall share of the legacy carriers will continue to occur versus the the, the new startups. I mean, in the early 90s, the, the, the so-called new generation airlines, which is principally Southwest and some that don't exist anymore, like People Express and New mm-hmm. York Air, had about 5% of the market. And that share of these types of carriers is now somewhere between 35 and 38%. And you'll see that most of the fleet orders are in the newer carriers. And uh, so I see that the overall share of the legacy carriers shrinking, whether that's through organic shrinkage, and or consolidation remains to be seen. And ultimately, there'll be tie-ups with uh, overseas airlines, particularly European airlines. But that's some years on.